Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of Funky Baz and Face, three brothers talking football. Big show tonight boys, on the eve of the 2018 AFL final series, pretty excited about the final series this year, so welcome Baz to the show. Welcome boys, welcome boys, it's very good to be here, I'm uh... Good to be here. I had a Kentucky, actually, on the, as Brizey Harris would say, a Kentucky fried chicken on the way here, actually. <laughs> and um, So clearly it is season it is over good for you, Bass. Season over, and season over, unfortunately, for the Barossa Bulldogs. We lost, I was the runner on Saturday, to the Williston Donny Brooks. Uh, tough loss it was, but very proud of my boys over the last... 11 years, really. Six flags in 11 years. Did you lose because you didn't get those messages out quick enough? Well... Uh, no, I'm a very good uh, runner, mate. No, I, I do the, do actually, I don't say exactly what the coach says. So, sometimes there is a lot of swearing involved, and I give a pat on the back and say, next yep. one. Yep. But that's all part of being a runner. They, they know that. Well, thanks for the update on your Kentucky Fried Chicken, mate. And, <laughs> and the rest of your life. Face, welcome, Yes, this final series is not as exciting or as pumped as we were in 2017. We went a little bit berserk last year. Still reminisce about that. Prelim game versus Geelong at uh, Adelaide Oval. He still but, hasn't got oh, it. Just get over it. Don Pike. He's got to get over the Crow 17. He's got to get over Walkerville Footy Club. Yeah. Because both of them have got rid of him. Yeah. yeah. Don Pike has clearly moved on a- quicker and, uh, than Sponge face. Um, dropping me in uh, 08. But we'll leave that one go. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been doing some soul searching during the week too, Face. You've changed up your segment for this week. Well, there's been a lot big, of criticism. Big news to our brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be in shock once they're aware of this. But uh, giving Tweet of the Week a rest this week, boys, it's uh, it's on the pine. It's the Brandon Ellis version of... Uh, of Breaking uh, news, Brandon Ellis uh, dropped for Kane Lambert at the Richmond good side. Pick. Yes. So we're going with a new segment tonight called... Faces fresh finds and hope it. Uh, Great. It's it's less humour, more about what's happening in the world of uh, sport. Less uh, humour. Less humour. Jesus, Jesus. Less humour. <laughs> we must be in a library somewhere. <laughs> less humour. Less humour. Okay, funky Baz and Face less brothers humor. and sisters, please note that Faces fresh finds will have less humour than Tweet of the Week. So uh, let's we'll not, see how we go. Let's hope they don't fall asleep for the last ten minutes. So we've got a special guest on tonight, which we'll introduce in a minute. Um, we've got some followers and uh, feedback from our brothers and sisters' face. Well, last week, Baz put out his uh, wankers team of the year. No, probably team of the last decade. Team of the last 10 years. So uh, we had some feedback from Pistol Pete and and Jimmy Norris, who are always prevalent on uh, Facebook and Twitter. They even heard that Colin Sue, Pistol Pete and Jimmy's Parents, uh, yeah, they're on listen, board now. So to us. they love when the boys get a mention, and now they're getting a mention. So uh, all good. the best to them. Uh, Pistol Pete suggested Sam Newman for the ruck. Oh, which is a, a good pick. It's a very a good, good pick. pick. He's uh, gone downhill of late. Yeah. Um, Todd Davy, our tweet of the week winner from last week, uh, even suggested Spider Everett. Very good pick. Yes. He would have been one of mine uh, first. He'd be a good bloke to have a beer with, I reckon. Spider Everett, and that's I why think Todd I thought. Yeah. That's why I think Warwick Kappa. He he would be a good bloke to have a chat. You're with. still on this Warwick Kappa thing. Yeah, the, I reckon he. You are anti Warwick. If Warwick Kappa came in here, I reckon we'd have you, a lot of laughs. Very if quickly. he was your teammate, he would just be a nightmare. I reckon. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but as a guy to socialise with for ten minutes. Yeah, small doses. Like the Jimmy Van. He wouldn't want more than ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and Jimmy Norris suggested Lawrence Angwin, so I think he had a spot on the bench. Yeah. He's probably got a spot first ruck too. So yes. thanks to the, uh, our listeners for their feedback. Very good. Any other followers, Face? Uh, Goody Saints 
Uh, yes, good, us. good with Saints, fantastic. Well, the amount of mentions they get in the opening segment. Yeah, it's mainly around Bazza and his involvement with Goodwood Saints, not about the football club yes. itself. No, it's, uh, no, they're going well. Very successful club. Uh, i got one, a new follower is um, Stephen Borrelia, father's brother. And uh, he is House, is he's affectionately known. He's a best and fairest winner at uh, Brosnan Street Footy Club. Kicked 100 goals 100 in junior goals in junior, junior footy. Football. When you kick yeah. 100 goals in junior footy, you, yeah. you're just a god. Yeah. Man. Just and, quietly, boys. I was part of that side. Oh, no. Didn't play a hell of a lot. Didn't, didn't supply it to House, but he was an absolute gun. Little ponytail back in those days, too. So he before had, it was in fashion. Before it was in fashion, absolutely. But 100 that, goals in juniors. That is good. And he's, play, he's, he's a good player back in uh, Midman. Midman. Played yeah. some flags there, but very lazy of late. Hasn't done a lot. <laughs> and uh, in other breaking news, boys, Funky Baz and Face, you might remember episode 10, I said we're about to have our 500th listener. We're episode 14. We're on the verge of our 1,000th listener. Listen or download uh, for episode 14. So thanks a lot to our brothers and sisters who've been listening and following along. Well done to you guys. Been awesome. Some sort of cake or something? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, But 1,000 listeners will crack in the next couple of days. So looking forward to that. Very good. We like to um, always have a a local and a community-based guest for us, for our local legends. Um, this man is Adelaide-raised and community-based, uh, previous editor of the SANFL Football Budget, uh, now a journalist with News Corp for Messenger and the Advertiser for the past two years. Uh, when he's not working, he is a player at Unley and Mercedes Jet Football Club. Oh, and I'd like to welcome Patrick Keane to episode 14 of Funky Bad Space. Pat, thanks for joining us. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me on. Who, who do you, uh, what grade do you play in, mate? You're still playing at the moment, or...? Yeah, no, it's still playing at the moment. So we're in the thick of the finals. Um, this, I'm out in the C grade this year, which sort of works well with my work to get the game away early in the morning so I can still <laughs> sort of work in the afternoon and that sort of thing. But yeah, no, I just love, still love getting out for a kick and a catch with a few mates and that sort of thing. Oh, fantastic. What type of player would you uh, describe yourself as, Pat? <laughs> um, oh, you usually find me on the outside of the pack. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I'm... I'm, I'm been transformed to a bit of a defender this year. There's a few guys missing. So, um, but yeah, played most most of my career, I guess you could call it, in, in defence and up on the wing. Ah, brilliant. Very, good. Very uh, good. good. Well, um, today or tonight, you're going to give us uh, a rundown of uh, a few of the leagues uh, of footy around the state. We'll start with uh, the Amateur League finals and there's grand finals this week for Div 3, 4, 5 and 7. Just wondering if you can give us a summary of uh, who's playing this week. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, I guess the, the probably the most intriguing one is um, you wouldn't pick it, but down in Div 7, which, you know, not usually thought of as the highest standard of footy, but there's a couple of teams there with some, some great stories in uh, O'Sullivan Beach, Lonsdale and Marion coming across this year from the SFL to the uh, to the amateurs. So they're doing battle this week at St. Mary's. Um, so there's two teams of yeah, haven't won too many games between them. I think only about four in the past two seasons, almost in the SFL, and come over and, and sort of you know got on really well and, and a bit of a sort of yeah rags to riches I guess um, year for those two. That that is uh, interesting you say that because I used to back in the day play for Marion um, on probably just before well after they won their grand finals <laughs> and um, started yeah, the decline. We played finals in the Southern League, but it was really hard in terms of help and. Uh, in terms of volunteers and things, and I could just see that it was looking pear-shaped. People think that because they got a big pokey room and a nice club rooms, but it's not really, mm. it's not theirs. It's more of a sports 
club, club but uh, yeah, it was pretty sad the way they were just getting belted, and it's been fantastic, obviously, that uh, the that they can go into another league and have some success. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the beauty of the, the Adelaide Footy League is um, your, your teams tend to find where the right spot they're at. If you're a, you know, a yep. Div 3 or a Div 5 team, you'll eventually get there over the time and you'll find your place to settle. So it'd be interesting to see with these two teams there. They're obviously mm. both going up to Div 6 now, um, regardless of the result on Saturday. And, um, yeah, see where they sort of climb up the divisions. Fantastic. Um, and uh, obviously the other grand final side, Div 3, 4 and 5 this week, who's playing off um, on Saturday, Sunday? So we got in Div Three, we got Seaton and Scotch out at Sebi. Um, so yeah, it should be a really good battle that one. Seaton haven't won a grand final since 1990, so they're looking to, to break a, a bit of a drought there. And they've had a few sort of prelim final and semi final losses over the past uh, sort of decade. So yeah. uh, and then and then you got Scotch who, who came down from Div Two, coming going straight back up um, and, and looking to get a flag as well at the same time. Um, I'm, I'm probably picking Seaton in that one. They're being the best team all year, but that but that's probably going to be a quite a good contest, I reckon. They don't have uh, Scotty Hodges playing for Seaton anymore, do they? Did <laughs> he uh, play a few years before and uh, just park him up in the goal square and up at full forward? So are there any um, sort of like name players that people would know that have played uh, any SNFL footy? Um, um, yeah, on the weekend? yeah, there's... There's a couple, or in that game in particular, there's a couple of ex-South Adelaide guys in, in Peter Rolfe, who's sort of quite a talented mm-hmm. footballer. We've got his sample career cut down by injury, and, and rolling our chair as well, two guys there. Um, and then uh, out at Seaton, you got, uh, I think it's Timmy Malira, the ex-sort of Crows rookie oh, wow. uh, player, who, who back in, yeah, sort of 2010, uh, who's uh, come over there this year, I think. So, um, there, yeah, there's a couple going around there and, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, as I said, that, that's, there's going to be some good footballs running around that game, so it's going to be good to watch. Brilliant. And uh, Div 4 and 5? So Div 4, we got uh, Jeps Cross and Gonanga uh, out at Albany. Um, so both both sides of the Rams, which is an interesting mm. one this week. we got four sides um, with the name the Rams all playing in grand finals. <laughs> it was the Seton Rambles and Marion Rams, so it's a, it's a good year to be a Ram. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's another good one. Gonunga looking to go back to back after winning Div Five last year, and and Jeps obviously uh, sort of the former powerhouse of the league, uh, sort of starting to, to get things back together and move up the divs. Divs, um, and then yeah, Div Five we got CBC and Woody South out at Paynham. Uh, CBC has been the, the real dominant side in that uh, in that comp this year, and, and Woody South coming from fifth um, in the finals, so that they're sort of going to be up against it on Saturday, I think. But um, yeah, it, it should be interesting to see. There'll be a bit of a fairy tale there, and, and, and CBC obviously looking to cut a pretty good year. That's a great wrap up. Um, obviously, Div One and Div Two Grand Finals are coming up in the next few weeks. Um, can you discuss the favourites in those divisions and the teams that will be competing for the flag? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with Div 2 uh, grand final next week. So St. Peter's Old Collegian is already through that one. Uh, they've been a, an absolute powerhouse in that Div this year. Um, gone undefeated so far, took care of Brighton pretty easily in a semi on the weekend. Um, so the prelim of that, that one's Brighton versus Foss this week. So the winner will go through. But I, I'd, I'd see it very hard to beat St. Peter's in that one. Um, and then the following week, so two weeks away, Div 1. So we've still got Ross Trevor, Old Collegians, Tea Tree Gully playing off this week and in Goodwood and Paynham. 
Um, that Div one's quite interesting this year because it, it's, it's, it looks quite open. Um, Ross Trevor's been a bit, a bit of a dominant force in that one as well, but had a couple of injuries to some key guys in, in uh, Holm and O'Malley sort of recently. So it's opened it up a bit more and you've got some talented sides in, in Gullies, Goodwood and, and Painter with a few ex-Nord boys out at the Falcons that, um, yeah, could cause some damage. How's our mate uh, Heath, Heath Kamane going? We used to play with him at Barossa Districts. Um, that's right, and Gawler. How's he kicking some goals this year? Yeah, no, he, he has. He's, um, it's, it's been a bit of a lower count in terms of the overall goals, but I think he's led the Div 1 um, goal kicking across the regular season, which is, um, yeah, no surprise. He's a, he's a talented talented forward, so and he gets plenty of good delivery uh, up there at Rocks as well. So, no, he's, he's kicked a few bags this year, that's for sure. Great work. Very good. Um, tell us about the update on the, uh, the Salisbury West, Salisbury North teams and what's happening there. Because I've seen in the media this week that uh, they're allowed to compete next year. Uh, there's no yeah. decision on Salisbury West yet, but what's, what's your uptake on that? Do you know mm-hmm. the reason today divulged reasons why that was happening? Is that undertaking of behaviour, clauses, things like that? Yeah, so yeah, as, as you mentioned, Salisbury North um, have been have been told by the league that they'll be back in the Adelaide Footy League next year. Um, the finer details and conditions sort of yeah haven't been um, fully announced yet, and that's something that sort of I think the league will be ironing out a bit more in the off in the off season. Um, but they've obviously been in discussions with the club uh, since since their removal in uh, earlier this year. So. Um, at this stage, that, I think they're they're saying they're going to be back in Div Two. That we'll see how the sort of the chips fall with that. But I imagine they probably will be. You know, given Salisbury North quite a, a strong club, um, you, you probably don't want to be popping them down a division because it'd be um, you know sort of a, a big fish in a small pond type, type right. situation. Um, but we'll see. Wait to see with the fine details of that. And, and uh, yeah, as far as we know, Salisbury West um, still uh, still up in the air. What's going to happen with them next year? Um, I imagine, yeah, the, the league will be looking for a, a fair bit of um, change, change to be happening at the club in, in a few areas to be considered to be yeah, affiliated with the league next year. Do you think that the league's handled this whole um, process well? Do you think that they're in control of what they've, they've done? And do you think that most people um, would be thinking that they've done a good job in, in terms of uh, the handling of this situation, which is not an easy thing to, to, to do? To keep mm. people out of the league, you're affecting a lot of good people when you're doing that. But I mean, from I, I'm removed from it, but I think that I've done a pretty good job. What's your thoughts on that? Mm, absolutely, yeah. As you said, it's it's not an easy thing um, that they they've got to deal with. Um, and there is when these these things come up, there are a lot of innocent parties and players and volunteers that get affected as well. But um, yeah, I think the league's sort of taken the right stance on you know cracking down on this since sort of about 2013. They've um, yeah, really going with a hard stance that they're not going to, um, you know, put up with any of it. And uh, these clubs that they've got on what they call an amended affiliation agreement, um, they they set it out pretty clearly what the conditions that you are if you want to play in the league. And if you break them, then you 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 know your, your position in the league is thrown into doubt. So I think the way they're they're going about it is the right thing. Um, they have sort of flagged, from what I understand. Uh, next year there might be a few changes in terms of how they deal with these situations but that will sort of become a bit clearer over the off-season as well, I think. Uh, Patrick, moving to the uh, Sample Finals, a pretty interesting first week. you got the uh, back-to-back double blues who lost their first game. The Eagles have uh, been the minor premier three years in a row, um, having mm. much success. They won the first game. North Adelaide are in, Nord have been dominant. What's your take on the next few weeks and have you got a tip for who you think might take it out? Mm. 
Yeah, well, I hate to sort of go with the obvious one, but I think the the red legs um, are going to be very, very hard to stop. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no team in in the in the sand for and especially in the sort of competition. I think they can match them with their scoring power, especially. And um, you know, we sort of got got the midfield of Matty Panos and, and Grigg and, and a few other guys in there as well. They're going to be very hard to stop. Um, and, and from there, who who takes them on? I think it's still pretty open. Um, yeah, you know, I think if the double blues can sort of get a full squad of players together and a full, you know, their best 22 out in the park, they're still a good chance of, you know, taking it right up to Nord and, and the East. Um, but, yeah, they've had a bit of a inconsistent run with players in and out, especially key guys, um, Aidan Riley and James Bagley too, this, mm. this weekend that are in doubt that uh, could could still get up. So, um, yeah, if they can keep healthy, the Doubles are a chance. And the Eagles are a bit of an interesting one, as you mentioned, uh, minor premiers the last few years. Whether that, um, yeah, not coming in with that tag this year is going to, you know, sort of help them and take a bit of the pressure off, we'll, we'll wait and see. I think um, their best is good enough, but um, whether they can deliver on the big stage is the other question. Mate, how good was that North-South game? Uh, I'm sure you would have seen it. It was an absolutely brilliant mm. final. It was just footy at its best. I reckon mm. it was up and down the ground. It was hard. It was tough. It was tight. That was just a brilliant game of footy, I thought. What was your thoughts? Did you see that game? Yeah, I did, and I completely agree. It was sort of that great, just a great contest between two sides that clearly, clearly really wanted it. And um, I, I sort of, that that was one I was looking at. I was pleased to see whoever went through. It would be good to see the Panthers go on a run, but also, you know, North are a really great story this year with how they've turned things around under Josh Carr. And um, yeah, as you said, it was just a, a brilliant game of finals footy. And, um, yeah, hopefully the, the North supporters keep coming out and, and there's another good contest again this week when they uh, yeah, take on set. Now, talking about coaching, uh, obviously it's been rumoured, um, Pat, about uh, Marty Matner going on to AFL coaching next mm. year. Um, do you have any inside knowledge on where he will be going? Um, it's rumoured to be one of the local AFL clubs, but do you have any insight where he's going next year? Yeah, it's still nothing we can say for certain. Um, yeah, we have heard from a few sources. There's been a bit of talk about Port Adelaide being a likely destination. We've already sort of seen a couple of assistants leave from there, um, and one uh, sort of recently signed. But um, you know, and and interstate has been mentioned as well. I, I think Port would be a pretty good fit, and um, that's sort of what the what we're hearing. Uh, but plenty can change and I'm sure he, he's sort of Marty's testing out all options and, and seeing what he, what's out there for him but uh, yeah it's definitely one to watch and um, just interested in the journalism career in AFL now how mm. how difficult is it to get the scoop and to keep ahead of like there's so many people there's so many I was speaking to um, Brett Burton <laughs> recently from the Crows and um, he mm. said that no, for every player in the AFL, there's one journalist, official journalist for every That's player. amazing, isn't it? And it just shows how many people there are to find stories and generate stories, but also the competition as well. How is it mm. by being in this day-to-day to also unearth a story but find it and then just your contacts will be so important as well? What's it like mm. um, day-to-day in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, contacts, as you as you just said, are, are paramount. Uh, really, that sort of separates, I believe, some of the you know your, your best journos from your run of the mill type of guys. Um, and and that sort of how how it's going because a lot of the clubs um, run a pretty tight ship these days compared to what they used to. So you're not getting a lot of those um, 
sort of scoops him over. And you mentioned the landscape, especially there's just so many more um, outlets and, and journos out there. Uh, even though, you know, sort of the, the job situation in the industry is not quite what it used to be. There's sort of different avenues that have come in. And, um, yeah, different, uh, you know, a lot of people, you don't need necessarily a journalism degree all the time. Um, a lot of people sort of started up just putting stuff out on social media and there's um, <laughs> breaking yeah, news. So. Uh, in um, one, someone's shed <laughs> where uh, <laughs> brothers, three brothers talking footy over an iPhone. Did any <laughs> any sort of rags to riches stories that uh, can motivate us? <laughs> yeah, not that I know of. You know, <laughs> first, but, um, no, there's, there's been a few empires built out of podcasts, but you, one that comes to mind is, is The Ringer over in America, if you've ever... Sort of got onto that uh, yeah. that media outlet that started with the Bill Simmons podcast, which is um, and that's one of you know it's a huge huge thing over there now. So uh, yeah, there's, there's, that's the, that's probably the good thing. There's a lot of different avenues to get into it as well, which is a positive. Well, continuing on the scoops um, with uh, Matt and rumoured obviously leave Sturt and, and, and going on AFL. Have you got any insight on um, who's actually going to be his replacement, Sturt? Yeah, that's, that's one thing we've sort of heard is a bit of a talk uh, around uh, Jay Chidi, obviously an ex-double uh, blue himself. Um, he narrowly missed out on the Glenelg job last year to, to Mark Stone, uh, Freeman, ex-Freeman assistant, who's, who's sort of had a mixed year there this year. But um, from what we're hearing, he's, he's a good chance to get that job if Marty is to leave. Um, and, and, yeah, I think... I, I think uh, you know, sort of covering both competitions. Uh, Jade's been coaching in the in the amateur league with uh, Athelstan the last few years. Um, it, it seems to be a good fit, uh, and he seems to be you know very capable of doing it. Athelstan got did get really get relegated from Div One this year, but played some good footy along the way, and he took him up from Div Two the year before. So, um, yeah, if that is the case, is what what sort of hear, hear from a couple of sources, um, it could be sort of a good appointment for the Double Blues if they are to lose matter. Atherston did play some fantastic footy, and I think they were super unlucky to get uh, relegated. They lost a lot of games mm. by under a goal. Um, yeah. So I think they should be pretty proud of their performance to go up in that first year, and hopefully they keep all their players if they do lose Jade, and uh, they can get back up there. Going purely with the head, I think yeah, you'd be silly not to pick against the Tigers. Um, just on the on the form this year, and they've shown they can do it before, especially on the G. And sort of on that note, I, I think uh, West Coast could be a good good chance to get through. There might be mm. to make the grand final, and, and you know, I'll probably play two home finals, uh, get over yeah. Collingwood this week. Um, but yeah, my my feeling is they might make it, but then uh, fall to the Tigers on the big day, and then we'll have um, yeah a few months of debate about uh, you know the Victorian MCG advantage and all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would um, be fascinating with the Eagles how they go. Obviously, with Nat Nui and Gap both missing from that side, um, how they perform. 
two home games uh, when mm. they get that. Mm. So, um, look, Patrick, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, just for all our uh, funky base, uh, Baz face, uh, brothers and sisters out there, you can find Patrick and his articles um, at Pat Keen or at Messenger News. Uh, give him a follow and read about all our local sport and SA. Um, Pat, thanks for joining us Been tonight, so episode 14. Thanks a lot. No worries, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers, Pat. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Boys, great chat with Patrick Keane. Quite enjoyed that. Had lots of insight. We're going to get into our regular segments, except for our new segment from Face. I'm looking forward to that. So, my would you rather? I've got a couple for you this week, boys. Would you rather listen to Bruce McAvaney commentate this year's final series, but you're not able to see any vision? Or would you rather watch all the games on full high definition on mute? Well, some of the commentators leave you a little bit um, uh, reaching for the mute button. You have to BT. watch it. Because I'm not usually listening to it anyway. You know, usually you're talking to people. You're taking a big group there. Did yeah. you watch it on mute? I'd watch it on mute. Yeah. And Bruce, you hear a lot of, oh, yes, yes. And you've got no, no idea what's going on. But he's one of the best sports commentators. You've you got to watch it. You've got to yeah. watch it. Sure. Yeah, I'm going Bruce, actually. Because <laughs> oh, really? I... I I just can't watch it on mute. To me, it's just the crowd noise and everything, and yeah. I'd, go, I'd go Bruce. Um, would you rather have a choice of any one coach, any three players, or any six draft picks? Uh, definitely three players. Any three players, definitely, because you're going to pick your guns, aren't you? Yeah. It's a, it's a fail-safe way. I thought you'd go draft picks, actually. No, no, I love draft picks. It's when I thought my... you got Christmas Day, you've got cricket uh, first day, <laughs> and then you've got draft picks. I draft. I love yep. the draft day. It's a great day. But I would go the players, because obviously you pick your guns and you pick, uh, you know, what the best coach as well. Yeah, they're tried and true. Um, and draft picks, not all of them work out, as GWS and Gold Coast know. So, Pretty good point, um, Unless you pick, say, Al Clarkson, who could do anything with any players. Mm. Um, could he do something with you, mate? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go the three players. Yeah, I think you boys are going three players. Would you rather, for your team, be coached by Brendan Bolton and have Dusty Martin in the midfield? Or would you rather your team be coached by Alistair Clarkson, but you've got Mick Malloy in the midfield? Jeez, Mick Malloy. Well, you're a laughing stock. You've got Mick Malloy in the midfield as a team. You've got Clark O's your coach. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. He'd probably hide him somewhere <laughs> behind the goalpost. Did you or... see him go for a ruck contest on the uh, front bar a few months ago? You'd yeah. have a great footy trip, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so purely, purely for that, you take Mick Malloy. So you'd go Clarkson and Malloy. Face, you'd probably I, go I think Bolton, Bolton would suddenly become a very, very good coach if Martin's in the midfield. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. A few little quick ones, given that it's as well as finals time, it's it's trade time. Exciting. Would you rather be traded to St Kilda or Gold Coast? Saints, definitely. Some nice, nice entertainment up on the Gold Coast, but um, (laughs) that's why the players can't play. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Yeah, probably St Kilda. Richmond or Collingwood. Oh, it doesn't matter. Either either one would be sensational. They're think. probably going to go two in a row. Chances of them going three. Collingwood's yeah, a good side too, though. Tom mm. Lynch, interesting that he's going to go to a side that's probably going to win two in a row. Mm. To go back to back to back is very tough. I, I agree with that. I think what if they do win two in a row, I reckon you don't go there. The, the odds <laughs> of them winning three, even the great, great teams, Brisbane, have 
one, you know, so if he does get to the great... But they're, they're a better team. Technically, like, in theory, on paper, they're a better team, aren't they? doesn't always happen, though. Hunger and, and attitude for the players after the... I think this team's too. a bit different, though. This team thrives on that, I reckon. Mm. We'll see. Um, toss of the coin there. Port Adelaide or Frio? Jeez. Frio! Ross <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, tell you what, they're in trouble, aren't they? They're Frio. in trouble. I, I, yeah, I reckon you go Port. I, I reckon Frio's in big trouble. I'll go Port. Yeah, if Kenny was your coach, you'd, you'd love yeah. him and play for him, wouldn't you? Yeah, mm. you would, yeah. Thanks, boys. That's my would you rather. Very good. And I think Baz. <laughs> yes. We've got Baz's, <laughs> Baz's bait. Baz's bait. Okay, here we go, boys. Now, boys. Not happy. And I am happy actually. <laughs> <laughs> now, boys, I'm, I'm becoming well known for Baz's Bake uh, these days. Well known, like such is the popularity of Baz's Bake. I'm finding it hard to get out and about it, to, to get a coffee, to go out for a walk in the street. People know me as Baz's Bake. So I'm going to do a 180 this week, boys. I'm going to turn it around. Ooh. It's going to be Baz's Bouquet. <laughs> okay. So sometimes it's nice to be to be nice to people and to, to give plaudits out. It's Very not good. always about you get attract more. Through honey than vinegar, is that the saying? Probably not. <laughs> Some, something our grandmother said, I think. Yes. Now, but boys, I want to hand out a bouquet to Adelaide Oval. I can Adelaide Oval is absolutely sensational. Like five years ago, we would not have dreamt of the success of Adelaide Oval. I'm going to tell you for a reason why, which has been in the news this week. But it is the jewel in Adelaide's crown. We, we have football, cricket, concerts. You can climb the roof. You can do motocross there. You can do soccer. You can do rugby. And this week was announced. You can do golf. <laughs> golf at Adelaide Oval. If you said to me five years ago that you can play golf at Adelaide Oval, you would have said you are dreaming. It, it is. How good is that? I, this is an entertainment mecca. Okay. Now, yes, I do enjoy being out the back there when the cricket's on at Adelaide Oval. With There'll my be an Adelaide Oval escape room soon. It is. There, there is nothing you cannot do there. Well, there's probably a few things, but there's, there's nothing you cannot do there. It is the most sensational place. So this mm. week, for those that didn't hear, uh, the brothers and sisters that didn't hear, face, is that you can play golf on there, which sounds bizarre, but mm. you take a, a The hallowed turf. The hallowed turf. Yeah. You can take a hit. You're not allowed actually on the ground, but you can hit the ball from the stands, from the mounds, and you hit it, and they have holes in the oval, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, is, so, it is quite amazing, isn't it? Like, it's almost like five years ago you thought you couldn't wear screwing studs to the ground, such as the revered nature of the yeah. turf. Then they put monster trucks in there, and then they cover it with sand. Ed, Ed Sheeran goes in there, and they put all this blue tarp over it. And a few days later, they're yeah, yeah. playing. I just take my hat off to to that because I think it's forward thinking. I don't know any other ground in Australia that's done that. Mm. I just think it is sensational. So I, I just take my hat off to them. I give them a bouquet to Adelaide Oval. I reckon it's brilliant, absolutely sensational place. And um, that that's this week's Baz's bouquet. Baz's Baz's bouquet. bouquet. Very yeah. very. So interesting. It's, not, it's yeah. nice to, to sometimes give people a bit of a rise up. I'm sure Adelaide Oval are wrapped with my bouquet. This and I'm week. sure they'll be wrapped with the $155 that they'll get from every golfer that wants to hit it in the uh, Adelaide Oval. Yeah, well, it's good money making. <laughs> Although <laughs> actually, they've got to find the, the prices. The prices kill you, don't they? The, mm. the food prices kill you. But that's just another story. That is. I think I think it's great that they've opened up their shop to so many more customers. Yeah, and if you only think of it in football and cricket, it just limits the revenue that Spot they're getting on. in. So Spot to bring in more people, I think it's a it's a good move. I like the change up. We've got a change up for faces flap or whatever it's going to be called soon, <laughs> and we've got Baz's bouquet, and I think that's uh, that's good. Well done. I like Very it. Very good. Thanks, Baz. Well, let's.
go straight into faces fresh finds. Luckily, I don't have a loose spoon when I'm saying that. Um, I want to concentrate on, on three uh, topical areas this week, boys. So the first one was on Sunday night on SBS. Uh, don't worry, it was about Andre the Giant. He's the uh, former French prof uh, professional wrestler. Now, funky when my initial uh, early childhood memories of um, sitting home was with you, actually. Sorry, Baz. was sitting home with Funky and watching the wrestling. We, we love the wrestling, and we, we recreated a lot of moves in that in hallway that, in that at home. tiniest yep. hallway at Williamstown. Um, now, Andre the Giant, to me, was always the bad guy against Hulk Hogan. He was the mm. hero, the king, but that wasn't always the way. So if you've had an opportunity, please watch the doco. Here's a little bit of a rundown of um, what happened in that doco. So if you don't know, Andre the Giant was 7 foot 4, basically 220 centimetres, and 226 kilos, an absolute giant. But funny enough, he actually suffered from gigantism, so that's probably why he mm. was a giant. Um, some, some key stories from it. He was actually quite generous and friendly, and, and on one occasion he went out to dinner with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Arnie, obviously being the, uh, the actor and the um, bodybuilder that he was, he tried to pay the bill. But Andre was so um, complimentary for Arnie, he wanted to uh, pay it. So he picked him up by the shoulders. He picked Arnold Schwarzenegger up by the shoulders from the seat, put him on this high bench so he couldn't get down and pay the bill, and he paid the bill himself. Um, he had 27 years in wrestling, um, and was loved by all the fans across the US for the majority of his career. Um, and he was actually best mates, incredible best mates with Hulk Hogan. And it wasn't until late in his career that uh, Vince McMahon, who's like the, the kingpin of WWF, he wanted a big draw card to sell out the 90,000 seat stadium that he wanted to start up. Um, and so he got um, Andre the Giant out of retirement and made him become an enemy of Hulk Hogan. Now this is uh, I remember I remember seeing that, and that that was a massive uh, event. The two of yeah. us sat up it's called, that night. It was called WrestleMania Three. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, yeah. And I think that goes back to my memory of him being the baddie. But actually, they were great mates, and it was scripted that obviously um, Andre the Giant went from good to bad, um, made Hulk Hogan just desperate that um, uh, he turned against him. So it was actually, what actually happened then, because everyone loved him, but as soon as he went against Hulk Hogan, everyone hated him. Yeah, yeah. So he was booed, mm. um, things were thrown at him in stadiums, and it actually affected him in real life, because people would take it as, mm. as for real. Um, his body started to deteriorate, and knees and ankles after his career. Um, he actually died at 46 from a heart attack um, by himself in a hotel room, and many of the people that spoke about him were devastated at his, at his death. Um, now, I know we do have a strict criteria and policy on Funky Baz and Face, but Andre was a massive drinker. Um, so for all those brothers and sisters, please drink responsibly. But it was reported that after an event day for wrestlers, it was common knowledge that most of them would drink a six-pack each. Andre the Giant would actually drink a carton, 24 cans or bottles, whatever you like, every night after, after the events. It just didn't affect him and, and obviously his condition. Um, one of them uh, actually recorded that uh, he had 106 beers in one night, so he could definitely put it away. Um, he was an actor um, uh, for, I think it was called The Princess Bride. Funny enough, he played a giant. Um, Billy Crystal was one of the actors along him, and Rob Reiner was the director, and he said one night he drank 10 bottles of wine. He said, surely, Andre, you, you must have been drunk. He goes, oh, I was a little bit tipsy. So... <laughs> Um, the boy could put it away. David Pembothy from uh, Pembo from Five Double A. Surely Pembo's going to be following Funky Baz and Face. He, he was, so. and uh, yeah, we had uh, some communication on Twitter during the week, 
he loved uh, the um, documentary on, on Andre the Giant. He said it was really sincere and fascinating um, account of a nice man's very strange life. So if you do get a chance, have a look at it on SBS On Demand. It was a, it was a cracker. Funky. Thanks for face. It was very good. I didn't mind your new little faces, fresh finds. I was actually a little bit captivated by face. Yeah. Not often uh, listen to him that that hardly, but he was actually. <laughs> um, true, yeah. And I, th- I think Andre the Giant. It was just some of the things I've heard about him that he just, when he was travelling, he couldn't actually sit in his seat in an yeah. airplane, and, and he was just so nervous and self conscious about his image Science. when he was walking down mm. the street that. People would just go up to him, and you think he'd have a lot of confidence being the star that he was, but he just didn't Gigantism. have it. Gigantism. Is, is that an actual Gigantism. Name? Absolutely. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't actually happen until he turned 15, and they realised that something was wrong. He was actually a normal size up to that age, and then he just started going rapidly massive. A few blokes so. that I know have got Gigantism. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is quite good. We've got Faces Fresh Finds. If you're looking for something a little bit different... Hop into Funky Baz and Face. Face is going to come up with a fresh find. It might be something that you haven't actually seen. He's going to unearth some things that could be of interest to us. Probably have nothing to do with three brothers talking footy. Yeah, but good. we'll see how we go. I liked it, Face. Thanks, well done. Thanks, Baz. Um, and thanks again to our brothers and sisters. 1,000 listeners we will get in the next couple of days. So looking forward to that. Um, next, I'm just waiting to wrap up for next week's episode. I've got a guy that we're... Probably going to bring into next week's episode who lives in Japan. Uh, so we'll see if we can bring that in for next week. We'll just uh, wait doesn't, to see. It doesn't so. sound too concrete at this stage, Baz. I'll be, it I'll be... I've, Yeah, I've got some good good people for backup. Um, <laughs> Port Premiership player. Um, and that I'll just probably leave it at that. But he's a, a much loved figure here in SA. And we're also still planning our grand final breakfast as well. So that's coming up soon. Oh, so um, video. Podcast, awesome. Boys, enjoy the footy finals this week. We've got a lot of content next week, so uh, see you next week. Very good. Thanks, Thanks boys. Fine.